Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Christina was speaking about, I give myself away so you can love me, right? We've all given ourselves to be used, right? But most of us don't even know what it is to give yourself to be loved. Sometimes we don't even feel adequate enough to receive that love. I've seen ministries and people everywhere, oh, we got to love your neighbor. We got to love your neighbor. No. It's, that's not what it says. It says love your neighbor as you love yourself. Many people are doing ministry and have no self-love. That's why many people are in ministry committing suicide, giving up, walking away, ending their life. Because even though you loved everybody else, you didn't love yourself. And you can only give of that which you have inside. That's why you love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul. Love him. Know him. He's going to love you first. That's the greatest mystery. He that knew no sin became sin so we could know the righteousness of God. He loved us first. We love because he loved us first. He who loves much loves much because he has been forgiven much. So when you experience the forgiveness of God, you experience the love of God, that's, and you see how God loves you, you start loving God, but you also start loving you. When you increase in that love, when you know who you are, when you know your identity in the kingdom of heaven, then all of a sudden you're like, Katie, I got to help. My life is not perfect, but I see people that are struggling. I see people that are suffering, and I could take my pain and turn it around for a blessing. If you were a child that was abandoned, that was forsaken, that were forgotten, I was a child. I was abandoned by my mom by the age of one. I didn't know my real mom. So I know that feeling. So I either carry that feeling for the rest of my life or I do something with it. I allow God to take the shame, to take the pain and lead me to a place where I could help others, where I could help the loveless because I completely understand what it is. Maybe you went through cancer. You're the perfect person to minister to people that are going through cancer. Maybe you were abused. You're the perfect person. Whatever it is that you went through, it is not the weapon to destroy you. It is the weapon to destroy the enemy. The weapon that was formed to destroy you, God has turned it around to bless you. All you got to do is believe. You know what? I'm not going down like this. I'm not going to stay here. I started believing that. Even though I was being cursed my whole life, I started believing that. And all of a sudden, my life, I'm looking at my life, and I'm really living a very different life. Not because I'm like, oh, my God, I need to force myself to live a different life. No, it's almost like, oh, my God, I'm on a conveyor belt, and I'm being pulled right into the blessing. And I'm trying to run from the blessing, and the blessing keeps pulling me. Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. He's not playing. There's angels assigned to you to change everything around. And when you believe it, you're like, this is what I could do. This is who I'm going to become in life. All you have to do is look at the critical things in your life, the things that brought the biggest shame, the things that brought the biggest suffering, and be like, I'm going to trust you with this one. Let's, it's, it's already nothing. It's already making you depressed. It's already made you suicidal. It already made you like giving up. It already made you hopeless. So the best thing you could do is give it to God and he's going to make it hopeful. The worst situation, God will take it and make it 
hopeful, full of hope, full of glory, full of destiny. It could be the worst sin, the worst thing you did out there. And God takes it, and all of a sudden, maybe these perfect people won't get you. But all those messed up people over there are looking for someone to set an example. And then when they see you, they're going to be like, wait, God did that with you? God did that for you? Well, maybe he'll do it for me. I mean, I was watching um, The Chosen. I've been watching The Chosen Jesus Christ. I'm in love. I've been like in my room, like nobody talk to me. I see Jesus. And I've encountered Jesus in spirit, right? And it's really him. <laughs> like I'm watching it. I'm like, that's him. See, I was raised knowing a mean Jesus. Jesus is ready to smite you, destroy you. And then Jesus showed up and was very nice to me. And I told Jesus how horrible I was. And he was like, so? Can I touch you? I still want you like that. And I was like, you want me like this? It's not that he wanted to keep me like that. He wanted me like that because when you're broken, then he can heal you. A doctor doesn't need heal people. For a doctor to do his job, he needs some sick people. A barber doesn't need people with haircuts. A barber needs somebody with crazy hair <laughs> so they could do their job. An artist doesn't need a painted canvas. He needs a blank canvas. He needs an empty canvas so he can paint on it, so he can fill it up. Everything in this life that we do, if you look at it, a mechanic doesn't need a fixed car. He needs a broken car so he can do his job. And Jesus needs you. Jesus wants you because when he gets you, he can manifest his talent. He can manifest his power. He can manifest his creativity. Then people are going to look at you. I'm, I'm the kid that came from the streets. Last week I'm in Miami getting blasts left and right. Frankie's with me crying because he can't believe the fact that it's really happening. When I didn't have a church, I used to look at him and be, we're at the beach chilling Preaching to people on the beach, just having fun. And then I looked at him and I go, change is coming. Ministry's coming. But how? We at the beach. I was like, I don't know. But we're going to be in ministry. And I'm like, got to get ready. Got to get my things in order because ministry's coming. I wasn't a member at no church. I didn't even have a home church. I was hanging out at the beach. But I knew God told me at the beach I was going to be a pastor. I'm like, I'm going to be a pastor. I'm at the beach, but somehow I'm going to be a pastor. I don't know, but I'm standing up here. I'm just saying, I got a mic in my hand. I'm sharing the word of God. So God did do it. So God's going to tell you something that's so out of this world that won't even make sense. But then it'll make sense. For example, when I was in, in Miami, oh my God, such a great time. I really want to encourage you guys to believe God. I'm not saying believe God for salvation. I know you already believed it for salvation. That's why you're here. Believe God for your destiny. Believe God for your purpose. Believe God for your dreams. Believe God that you're going to leave earth and leave a mark. That you're going to shake earth with the glory of God. That you're going to help the broken, meet the needy, and change people's lives. And sometimes it's completely off the wall. I was in Miami, and, and there was a lady. And mind you, it wasn't you know, a Spanish church, and it wasn't an English church. It was a Portuguese church. God takes this Puerto Rican from New Jersey and takes them to a Portuguese church in Miami. Why? Because it was awesome. It doesn't even make sense. God might be like, you're going to China. Like, what? doesn't even make sense. 
But God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. He will put you in a place you never dreamed of. And this lady was just so sweet. And um, I knew she, she reminded me of, of uh, Mary when Jesus was, um, and she went to with the alabaster box. And, and there's other people in the Bible that, that were like women, right, that were like desperate for a miracle. And they brought a gift to the prophet or brought a gift to, to Jesus. Here's my perfume, like the best thing I have. But this lady brings this ring, which I'm like, okay, it's in my bag somewhere. I'm just like, what do I do? What do I do with this big ring, you know? But it wasn't even, it's not about me. God was showing me that it was about her heart and how she believed. Like, I saw it in her eyes. She's like, I just got to give you something. Like, I mean, I want to give you something. And I saw, like, I saw her. I was like, oh, my God. She's giving the best that she has because she's believing God has something for her. And then that night, I went home. I was like, I know you want a word, so I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to talk to God and... I know God will answer. So I went to the, to the room, went to bed and stuff. And at 5 o'clock in the morning, the Lord woke me up. And he gave me this beautiful letter. It was like a poem for this lady. And I'm writing poems at 5 in the morning for people I don't know. That's what God will make you do. God will make you do something so crazy. I don't even write poems to my family. And I'm over here writing poems to strangers. They're like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. It's like you know me. I'm like, this is deep. And it, this is how crazy it is. It's, really, it's a really funny testimony. The Lord says, I'm telling her that I'm changing her name. Just like I did with Paul, with Saul, and change it to Paul. Abram, I change it to Abraham. Sarai, I change it to Sarah. Tell her I'm doing the same with her. I'm changing her name from Fabiana to Fabina, right? I'm like, okay. And then he goes, look up the meaning. And it literally said, Fabiana means bean, like a bean, right? I'm like a bean. Or bean grower. And then uh, Fabina means God. And I'm like, what? And he says, tell her I'm taking her from bean to God. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. But okay. So I, they're, they're Portuguese. So I write the letter. I try to translate it on Google. On, uh, what is it called? Google Translate. And I had a few translators that are amazing tr uh, interpreters over there at that church. I'm like, can you read this? Just make sure everything was perfect. They're like, but this right here just doesn't make sense. And it's like, de frijole to deus, right? And I'm like, they're like, what do you mean by this? And I'm like, what? And they're like, it says from being to God. I was like, whoa, that's what God said. That's the meaning of her name. He's changing her name from Fabiana to Fabina, which is from being to God. So she's going from being to God. I don't know. But that's what he's, and all three of them were like, no, this is wrong. This needs to be corrected. I'm like, no, it needs to stay that way. Because this is what God said. I know it might not make sense, but I feel like it does make sense, right? So in the gathering last Saturday, called her up and uh, started reading the letter of love. She's weeping. And then when I got to the part from being to God, he's changing her name. She goes bonkers. She's like, oh, my God, I got a testimony. Because for her, that was God, right? She goes, I've been having a struggle with my husband and my son. She goes, I keep burning the beans. And I kept telling God to help me with the beans. And I'm like, oh, my. The whole church just bursted out in laughter. And even the three interpreters are like, oh, my God. That's crazy. I'm like, I told you. Like, you know, and it's hilarious. It was so funny. And, but again, it's just the point. 
that God might tell you to do something that doesn't make sense. And you're just like, what is this? But God knows the desires of that person's heart. That God knows what that person is going through. And the word went deeper. He said she was a, a being is like a seed. But he's multiplying her and making a forest out of her and all these other things. But it was just kind of crazy. You know? So God will sometimes reveal things that they might not make sense. There was another young girl. Um, and we're praying. And then, like, I'm... I'm praying for the girl, and I just start having this open-eyed vision of, like, Jesus and the girl, and Jesus is pulling out patterns, like, for people that sew, like, materials. He's pulling rolls and materials and, like, showing the girl the materials and showing the girl the patterns and the laces. I'm like, what am I seeing? Like, this is crazy. And I'm just, like, I'm like, I'm just going to say what I'm seeing, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I don't mind if I'm wrong. And I'm like, and then Jesus pulls out. It was like he was playing charades with me. And I'm like, and he pulls out like a, a sewing machine. And I'm like, I'm like, why am I seeing this? This is kind of weird. And then I'm like, look, I don't know. This is right. I'm like, but do you sew? Because the Lord's saying he loves to sew with you. And he's the one that's showing you the patterns. He's the one showing you how to make the dresses. And because these dresses are going to go to the girls that are in need. Da, da, da. So he's like, all the, all the teenage girls from that church were there. They all went bonkers. Everybody's like, oh, my God, that's exactly what she does. That's exactly what she does. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just tell me. He was showing me like a whole movie of him and her and how they were sewing together and making dresses together. He was bringing the different patterns and then he, um, he showed me with the girl, and they were putting makeup on the girls and doing the girls' hairs and making them beautiful because she had that gift to make people feel special, make people feel loved. All the teenagers are, like, crying because that's what she does. They're like, that's what she does with all of us. She takes us to her house, and she dresses us up, and she tells us that we're beautiful. You know, so it was just like, wow. So, again, something so simple, you might be bringing life to people. Sometimes we think, oh, well, ministry is just preach from an altar, preach from an altar, preach from an altar. If I'm not teaching or prophesying, I'm not doing anything. Maybe it's just giving a person a hug. Maybe it's just holding somebody's hand. Maybe it's visiting somebody in the hospital. Maybe it's just giving somebody a dollar. Maybe it's just taking time out and going to a place you would never have gone and speaking to a person that you would never speak to. But trusting God that he's leading you into that place. I'm seeing it. I'm experiencing it. People didn't believe me years ago. When I look back, I have people from my past, my old churches. Till this day, they still think I'm crazy. Till this day, I get judged. But you, I had to choose who I was going to trust. Like Peter said, choose today whom you're going to serve. Are you going to serve people or are you going to serve God? And I'm not talking about, oh, I'm going to serve God, I'm going to be perfect and holy and righteous. And No, let him make you perfect, holy, and righteous. And you could do the things that you are able to do, because you can't perfect your own holiness. You can't make yourself righteous. It's when you come to him, he is three times holy. His holiness gets on you. It's like a phrase they say in Spanish, dime con quien anda y te diré quien eres. Tell me who you're hanging out with, and I'm going to tell you who you are. When you're hanging out around with Jesus... We people going to know. You smell like Jesus. You act like Jesus. You talk like Jesus. Your whole life changes, and you don't even, you don't make it change. He changes it for you. 
Sometimes we live in this place where we're trying to do this and trying to do that. And the Lord was like, stop trying. Why are you trying to be what you are? Well, I'm going to try to be beautiful. You are not. You don't have to try to be beautiful. You are beautiful. Walk in your identity and believe what he says about you. And when you believe what he says about you, you start walking into a place you never thought, you never dreamed of. Dreams do come true. And this is not even what I'm supposed to be preaching about. Because today is Palm Sunday. So I'm supposed to announce the palms, you know, which I, I, I have some scripture about that. But I, you know what? I'm not even stuck on a, a tradition of man because tradition didn't save me. Tradition didn't come and meet me in my house when I wanted to end my life. Jesus came to my house and Jesus met me. And Jesus told me how much I was worth. And I was worth his blood because he said so. Because he put a value upon my head. When the enemy said you're worth nothing, the Lord says you are worth my blood. And he paid a price. And even though I said I'm not worthy, he says you're worthy. Stop saying you're not worthy. We need to change our language. We are worthy not because of what we do, not because of what we say. But because of what he said, because of what he did on the cross of Calvary, even before Calvary, the Bible says that before the foundations of the earth, before earth was established, he already knew what your worth was. He already knew when we get to that point, I'm going to die for you. He knew our story. So sometimes, again, like I was saying earlier, there could be a pressure to perform. There could be a pressure, well, is this Sunday, is Easter, you got to speak about that. Ah, I'm going to speak about what the Holy Ghost tells me to speak. Hey, God is not in a calendar. God is sitting outside of time. We're the ones that have established these things and praise God for them. But I live, I live giving God glory and honor every day. I don't need a specific day. I hardly celebrate holidays because of that. It's like, oh, Mother's Day. Mother's Day is every day. Father's Day is every day. My birthday is every day. You want to treat me good? Don't wait for my birthday. That's the hypocrisy of this world. People will treat you like trash. They won't even be there for you. And the day of your birthday, well, today you're special. Get out of here. No. I'm not going to live the ways of this world any longer. Well, on Christmas, I'm going to talk to you because I want to give. You ain't getting nothing. Ask my family. Ask my family if they got a Christmas gift. Nobody got nothing. I'm like, no, you're not getting nothing. I'll give you Jesus. You know? Come on, let's be real. Can we be real for a moment? I'm so tired. I'm just tired of the ways of this world. I'm like, no. No. You're not going to love me February 14 if you didn't love me February 13. Come on. Don't allow the enemy to put limitations on us. Because that's what we're doing. It's good to celebrate holidays. Enjoy them. But if your mind is so caught up that if it's not on this day... You missed it. You've missed it. And we're going to celebrate the, the cross on Easter Sunday or resurrection on Easter Sunday. And the rest of the year, we're going to live like heathens. We're going to live not giving him glory. We're not going to say, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for loving me. This should be coming out of our mouths every day. I mean, fine. If you want to worship him once a year, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. I don't want to make you feel bad. But see, I'm in love. And every day his mercies are new. 
Every day I'm experiencing a new miracle. Every day I'm experiencing provision from the Lord. So why wait? If I'm with my friends, we're going to love each other all day. We're going to argue all day. Sometimes we get along, sometimes we don't. But we're still friends, right? That's what matters, right, Frankie? Right. <laughs> Anyways, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I love the fact that I'm in a place that I can be real, that I can be who God's called me to be, and that I don't have to keep any images or identities. But I do want to speak a little bit about the, the palm. Um, palm Sunday, right? Not because it's Palm Sunday, but because there is an important lesson there. There's a, um, a beautiful mystery. For those of you that know me, I like to speak a lot about the upside-down kingdom and the right-side-up kingdom. A lot of people don't speak to me about it. I mean, something God gave me is a revelation I had of the Lord. And in the, uh, the way that I explain it is... God does everything the opposite to the way, the way that man does it. And when I started, the Lord started teaching me this, I started going through scripture. And it's literally the opposite. Everything he does is the opposite. The man calls you last, he calls you first. Earth calls you weak, God calls you strong. He says, you're not the, you're not the tail, you're the head. You're on top, not the bottom. You're not sick, you are healed. You're not captive, you're free. You're not bound. You're not, you're not enslaved. You walk in freedom and freedom indeed. You don't live in darkness. But it, the Bible says we are royal priesthood, holy nation, people acquired by God, a chosen generation, chosen to announce the virtues of the one that brought us from darkness into marvelous light. So everything God does is the opposite. When, you, when I read uh, Isaiah, everywhere I go, I just keep like, oh, my God. All you're doing is exactly the opposite. He takes the, 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 when Paul went to the Lord, he says, oh, the thorn in the flesh. I have this demon that buffets me, right? Take it away. And the Lord says, my grace is enough, right? And he says, in your weakness, I am glorified. He's made strong in our weakness. So he takes something weak and he makes it strong. The weapon the enemy created to destroy us, God turns it around to bless us. The enemy will come against you in one direction, but will flee in seven different directions. So the Lord is just turning it around. That's what he's doing. All of it. He's just turning things around in our lives. So I... Even when I was in Miami, I was talking about the, ups, the upside down and the right side up kingdom. I tell people, we live in the reflection. When you look in the mirror, you know, in, the, in chapter uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it ends, it's the scripture about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is this. Love is that. Love is everything good. But, and then he says, um, he says, now we look through a foggy mirror. The Amplified Version says distorted, fragmented, broken pieces. We look through, the, through this lens of brokenness, right? But when completion comes, when perfect comes, him, right? It says, then we will know just like we are known. It doesn't even say that we're going to know everything else. The, it says we're going to know the way that he knows us, the way that he sees us. And that's most the struggle for every human being is that we don't know. 
we could see the worth in other people. I could look at all of you and tell you about you, and then I could go home and be battling my own demons and my own discouragement. It happens to everybody, teachers, parents, you know. We're like, oh, be strong, but then we're like, oh, I don't know about, I, I know God's going to forgive you, but I don't know if he's really going to forgive me, you know. But then we will know just like we are known. That's the beauty of it. We, we're, I think this is the reflection. And as we enter eternity, we come out of the mirror into the real, right? So that's why I call it the, the upside-down kingdom. So there's a lot of reasons why I'm explaining this. Because with the, with the Jews, they were expecting the king to come, right? They were expecting the, the Messiah to come. But you see, they were expecting him to come mighty. But he came humble. They were expecting him to come with his army, but he shows up by himself. They were expecting him to come on a mighty horse. Oh, war! And yet he comes on a little donkey. Think about it. Because once he enters the veil, everything's the opposite. I'm telling you. But we do the same thing. We could talk about the Jews. Oh, they were, expect, they were expecting Jesus to come mighty. But how are we expecting him to come? I'm going to challenge you. Because Jesus is coming back. But he might not look like what you think. Oh, yeah, he's coming down with a thousand warrior swords coming out of his mouth. But that's exactly what the Jews thought. He was coming to declare war. He's coming to declare peace. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He's coming to restore the world. Those that reject them belong to the enemy. They'll be scattered with the enemy because that's what they chose. But he's, he's the opposite. He comes on a little donkey. But the children, the children of God knew who he was. And that was the story, right? And right before that, this passage is when um, Mary was anointing his feet with the alabaster box, putting the perfume and anointing him. And then, um, so it says here, the next day, and, and I'm reading on, and it's going to be up on the, on the board, I mean, on the screen as well. You got it, Frankie? There we go. So I have it in Spanish in case somebody wants to read Spanish. Um, but it says, the next day, the great crowd that had come from the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Let's stop right there. This is still happening. Aren't we waiting for the coming of the Lord? We're still waiting for the coming of the Lord, right? We are Jerusalem. And we're also the crowd of people waiting for the coming of the Lord. That's what a lot of believers are announcing. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I'm announcing it too, trust me. Because he's coming, you know. So you could go, Frankie, next. Click. And they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He comes in the name, he comes in his own name. Blessed is the king of Israel. These people, these are like the hurting, broken people. They, they saw him. They knew who he was. Even though the ones that knew the law, they had the scriptures, they had the scrolls that were the, the descendants of Moses that thought they knew it all, they couldn't recognize the king of glory. 
It's happened many times when we've gone to the streets. And it just happened two weeks ago when we went out to Ybor City to minister. And, and we saw a group of believers that were cursing the people in the streets. That were telling the people in the street they're going to burn in hell. There's no hope for them. But not presenting a hope. Not presenting the message. If, if, if a believer is not talking about Jesus and is not presenting salvation, then what are you doing? You telling somebody how bad they are is not doing anything. You telling people how good Jesus is, how good God is, then you're bringing in a difference. That's like looking at a homeless person saying, hey, you're homeless. Bye. Why? Why? Oh, you're hungry. Bye. You, did you, you, you're not doing any, hey, you, you're overweight, bye. You're dying of cancer, bye. There's no hope for you. There's, there's many that do this. I'm glad we had a team with us of 26 people that got to witness it. And but like, oh my God, this does really happen, you know. But we need to be the type of people that we know, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We are blessed when we come in the name of the Lord, when we're announcing. Jesus came announcing the goodness of the kingdom. And we've also been chosen to announce the goodness of the kingdom. We are blessed. When you open your mouth and you let people know about the Lord, you're blessed. You're coming in the name of the Lord. I don't come in my name. I'm not trying to make myself famous. I'm trying to lead you to the Lord. So you can know that he's healer. So you can know that he's redeemer. Blessed is the king of Israel. And again, it's not talking about earth Israel. It's talking about Israel. The people like Jerusalem. There's a Jerusalem on earth. And then there's a new Jerusalem in eternity. Israel on earth, people would say, oh, Israel's the people by blood. But when you read scriptures, Israel are the people of faith. There's a difference. There's a difference. Jerusalem on earth is a city over there in the Middle East. But spirit Jerusalem is the temple of God. We are the living stones and he lives in every single one of us. And people don't understand this because they take the Bible and they make it all about physical and remove spirit. That's why they hated Jesus because Jesus says, in three days I'm tearing down this temple. And I'm going to tear down this temple and in three days I'm going to lift it back up. And they thought that he was going to go and blow up the building. Oh, he's going to tear down our temple. They didn't get it. He was talking about himself. So when people talk now in these times, everybody's like, oh, the rebuilding of the temple. If it wasn't physical then, why is it physical now? He's building his temple. He's building his bride. He's healing us. He's restoring us because he's coming for us. But people still don't get it. That might be a physical sign. But there's a greater spiritual sign when you read the scripture through spirit. And you realize that Jesus said these words are spirit. That's why he said they have ears and cannot hear. They have eyes, cannot see because they think what I'm saying is physical. But the whole time he was speaking spirit. He was speaking about the kingdom that to the natural eye is invisible. But to the spiritual eye is at hand. It's not far. People think the kingdom of heaven is so far away. Trust me. If you were to see, you could touch the foundations. I've seen it, and I touched it. I was like, oh, my God, it's right here. It's not far. It's close by. It's the opposite. If you listen to carnal man, if you listen to carnal mentality, you're always going to think and read scripture, and it's going to seem impossible. Impossible. 
But when you read it through spirit, you understand that he is healer, that he is restored, that he's not giving up on you. He said, he, he who does not believe is already condemned. He didn't say, he who doesn't believe, I'm going to condemn. Every human was already condemned to eternal darkness, to eternal death. Then he comes to make a way out, right, into salvation. But if you don't believe him, you're already condemned. So it's not that he's, a lot of people out there think, oh, well, why would God send us to hell? No, that's not, that's not what he's saying. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world from the condemnation it was already walking in. So a lot of people end up realizing, oh, I'm going to get me out of the burning building. If you're in a burning building and the fireman is saying, hey, your building is burning. You're about to die. Get out. If you don't believe, is the fireman condemning you or are you already condemned? You're condemned to die. If you don't get out right now, you're going to die. And the same thing in eternal. If you don't get out, if you don't trust God, if you don't trust that he is the savior of the world, if you don't trust that he is sent by the father, he who receives the son receives the father. If you don't believe that, you're like, screw Jesus. I don't want Jesus. You know, I hear people like that. I'm like, he loves you. So when they tip off, it's going to be their fault. Because then they'll see like, he wasn't condemning me. He was letting me know you're about to be con you're about to die. You're about to fall. You're about to be destroyed. Is it a mother's fault that telling her kid stop, stop? I have I have a brother in prison. You know how my mom was always telling him, my mom praying for him, but he disobeyed. Now he's his forties. He spent his late teens, his twenties, his thirties, and now forties in prison. Was it her fault? It was never her fault. Because she loved him, she was telling him. She was warning him. She was giving him the signs. I had dreams that you ended up in jail. God's trying to protect you. But no, unbelief will lead you to destruction. When God is calling you, when God is telling you there's a hope, and you keep believing there's no hope, you end your life, but you end your life. Nobody ends their life. Nobody commits suicide because they're joyful. When people commit suicide, it's because they're hopeless. They're faithless. They no longer believe that not even God can do it. And many are believing these lies. We have to wake up and see that he loved us, that he is a triumphant king. And even though we might be broken, lift up your palm. Palm means victory. So wave your victory in the air. Even if you feel like you can't overcome, just wave it. Oh, Hosanna. You see, you're not waving the palm for your victory because you made yourself victorious. You're waving it like, Lord Jesus, oh, Santa, blessed be the Son of God. Blessed be the one that comes in the name of the Lord. Why? Because he's going to bless me. Blessed be the king of Israel because why? Because he wants to be blessed. No, because he wants to bless you. He made you a blessing so you can be a blessing. He blesses you so then you could bless him. He's pouring out his blessing. He's pouring out his goodness. He's pouring out his healing. That's why Jesus didn't come to earth to just heal the sick, to heal the sick. No, he saw his people sick. He saw his people broken. In eternity, he saw his people restored. Put the second picture up. This is eternity. 
This is eternity. His people are healed. This is, I believe this is how Jesus saw us. He saw us healed. And when he saw us broken, he's like, in heaven you're not sick. In heaven you're healed. In heaven you're not blind. In heaven you see. In heaven you're not deaf. In heaven you hear. So we go to earth now. Go to the other earth. So this is like what I explained with the upside down kingdom. He's on earth. This guy that looks like me. <laughs> you see here, he's broken and he's blessing the Lord. Blessed be the son of God. Blessed be the one that comes in the name of the Lord. And then glory level, he's healed. See that? This lady over here, go to earth. She has a tumor in her belly. You know? See her bloated belly? Maybe it's gas. I don't know. It's one or the other. But she's saying, blessed be the one that comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he. And because she's blessing him, that which you give, you receive. So even when you don't understand what you're going through, just bless the Lord. Just bless him. And I'm telling you, his blessing just hits you. And watch what happens. You see, he's gone. She's slim. She lost it. And if you look through the picture, you'll see. I, I remember one has like, go back to earth real quick. She has a cane. This one's blind. This one has shackles. Now go to the glory. See, free, healed, restored. I think the Bible, the best way to explain this is through art. Can you not? I'm not Picasso, but I love my art. <laughs> and look, 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 go back, go back to earth. Look at the poor little donkey. Even the little donkey transformed into the mighty stallion. Go ahead, change it. Ta-da! <laughs> I really believe it's going to be the same donkey transformed like, yo, I'm a horse. <laughs> you know? All the, all the brokenness, the go back. Go back to earth. The desert places. The dry places. Right? He says he, he, he makes the dry places into rivers. Gardens blossom. Right? Now go to heaven. Brew green pastures. You get me? The buildings are glory and light. Translucent on earth. Go to earth. See, they're not see-through. But on internal realm, everything's see-through. Nothing's hidden. You see? Transparency. His face is shining like the sun, you know. So we, in the natural, we saw it one way. In the natural, they saw him just like, oh, he, who, who do he think he is? But inside, he always knew who he was. And not only did he know who he was, he knew his people. He knew his beloved ones. Why would he go to Peter? Why did he pick those specific people? Because he knew them. And not only did he know them, he, he chose the things that they did on earth and then he transformed them so they could do it for the kingdom peter and if you if you don't understand this watch the chosen it's really good i'm promoting it and peter was a fisher of man but when he encounters the glory that he becomes a fisher of men he was a fisherman but jesus put of in the middle of that he was just a fisherman and then god makes him a fisher of man you know, Matthew, a tax collector. And it's so beautiful because in the series, you just see him counting everything he's doing. You see, he used to count money, but now he gives an account of the glory of God. 
He wrote a book because he used to write in the natural, writing down people's bills and who paid, who didn't pay. And then he wrote about the one who paid for everyone. So the things that you have, God wants to use them for his glory. You might not see the worth of it. You might just see it like, go back to earth. (laughs) You might see it like this. You might see it broken. You might see your condition and be like, how can God use anything? How can God use my testimony of being abused? My testimony of coming from the gay lifestyle? I never thought that God could bring glory out of that. And everywhere I go, I've seen people get healed from abuse. Children that have been molested while going through incest in their own family. And God chose to use my story to set them free. God used my story to now go into Ebor and to go into the streets and let people in the streets know that there is a God that loves them. That there is a God that heals. There is a God who restores. And if you were to trust them enough. You will see all your shame turn into glory. See, this is shame. This is disease. This is brokenness. But when he takes it and brings it into spirit realm, brings it into his glory, switch it again. You see healing. You see restoration. You see deliverance. You see green pastures. And if there's grass, there has to be water somewhere, somewhere in there, right? And that's what he does. He takes our dry places. And he transforms them. He takes our brokenness and he sets us free. He takes our darkness and makes it marvelous light. Everything that was created to destroy you is not in the enemy's hands any longer. Now it's in God's hands. And you have to trust that he's good. Trust that he loves you. He said, he who comes to me must know, you must know that he's good. You must know that he's kind. You must know that he's faithful. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. And they're not plans to harm you. They're plans to give you a future and a hope. That's what it is. We think he's going to destroy it. Oh, well, if I go to church, the building's going to burn up. Yes, it is. You're going to burn up with Holy Ghost and fire. That's the only fire. Well, if I go to church, God's going to punish me. That's a lie. Because the chastisement, the punishment on your peace went upon him. He took your punishment. Why will he get beaten to then beat you? Why will he get crushed to then crush you? Why will he get stripes to then give you stripes? That's not what he did, and it's a lie. And if they tell you otherwise, a gospel of demons. He has come to set you free from your sin, from your iniquity, from your disease. By his stripes, you are healed. You're not going to be healed. You are healed. Because when he looks at you from the glory levels, he sees you already. You think you're sitting in this church, but I know you are already seated in heavenly places. And one day we'll be like, you were here the whole time. How, how this is? I'm like, I don't know how this happens, but it's okay. Let's run into his arms. He's not going to crush you. He's building you up. He's not going to leave you. Because he doesn't lie. We need to come to a place that we really go, you know what? There's things that he says that are literal, spiritual, literal. I call them spiritual, literal. Because there's some people that think some things that are spirit or physical, literal, and they create some crazy stuff. 
I'm like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> I know the difference. I know the, the glory levels and I know the physical levels. And I learned to discern, okay, this is spirit and this is physical. A lot of people are taking spiritual stuff and making them physical and they don't even line up. But when you understand spirit, then you realize, oh, this is how I'm going to ma manifest it on earth. I'm going to see this blessing on earth. I mean, I see the blessing. I see the revelation of what God has for me in the eternal realm. And then he also teaches you how do you walk that on an earth. That might be excellence. That might look like your yes being yes and your no being no. That might look like being responsible. I'm telling you. That might look like you becoming a leader on earth in a ministry. When you say we we're never going to be in ministry, and God's like, watch me use you. Because I was the one that said I'm never going to be in ministry, and look where I'm at. And I'm here by choice. He didn't force me. He seduced me. And then I fell in love. And I'm like, whatever you want. Whatever you want. I give myself away so you can use me. Give yourself so he can love you and then allow him to use you. Because he's not going to use you like the world uses you. He's going to use you. He's going to make you an example to the nations. He's going to use you. He's going to lift you up as a light in the middle of darkness. He's going to use you. He's going to put anointing in you. So then you can also do the works that Jesus did and even greater. That's how he's going to use you. He's not going to use you to leave you hurt. He's not going to use you so you give him something and then he forsakes you. He's not going to use you when he tells you he loves you and then he disappears. No, that's not the type of use that God has. You see, use is used one way on earth, but use in the spirit, in the glory of God is used in a very different way. Judgment on earth is like, right, you're going to court, you're going to get judged. But the Lord judges you from his mercy seat. That's what his seat, judge seat is called, mercy seat. You want to get judged by that one. Trust me, run to that one. Judge me all you want, Lord. It's his righteousness. It's his love. It's his mercy. But people are like, oh, God's going to judge me. No, he's not going to condemn you. He's bringing you out of the condemnation you already live in. You, you either get out of the condemnation you live in or you believe the lies and go into a deeper layer of, con of condemnation where you'll never have a way out. Because at the end of the day, this life is coming to an end for every single one of us. Whether we want to accept it or not. This is temporary. I'm going to my mansion. I'm jumping into this painting one day. I might die and then you're going to see this little guy run that way. <laughs> Be like, what? <laughs> I'm, I know it's real. Because he met me. Religion pushed me away. Religion looked at me and said, not you. And then he's so cool. Again, it takes it back to the upside down kingdom. Religion and people, humanity tell me you're not good enough. And then the Lord says, you're the perfect one for this. You're like, at the world, I was always chosen last. And the Lord's like, okay, they chose you last at kickball. Your whole life you were chosen. I can't catch for nothing. But I catch some Holy Ghost pretty good. You know, <laughs> like. So he's like, I'm going to use you. That's the God that we serve. The one that was despised. The one that was rejected. He just, he's moved by those little people. He's moved by compassion. I'm one of them. Now I'm like, yes, I'm going to tell the whole world about Jesus. Take the mic. Take everything. They could take this away. I was preaching before this church, and I'm going to be preaching after this church. I'll announce it publicly because I'm not afraid. My provision comes from the Lord, and he brought me here for this time. And if the time ever comes up, 
I'm going to preach down this path all the way home to glory. I mean, look, I drew all the paths. Look over there. Look to your right. I'm, I, all my art always has the path because I've seen it in my dreams. I draw it everywhere because I'm like, one day, I'm going that way. Be like, bye, guys. My job is done. Yes, I even have the song, Dancing in the Streets of Gold. I made it. I wrote it. I'm going to go to heaven dancing. I'm not going to be serious and afraid. No. I'm going like, to be like, 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 what's her name? Dorothy. <laughs> Dorothy. Just dancing in the streets of gold. Be like, let's go. Follow the yellow brick road. Let's go. That's what God is doing. That's what God is doing. And what does that look like on earth? That looks like victory on earth. That looks like you're no longer going to walk in depression, hidden in your house in fear. But you're going to keep walking in the light. Even when people, you, people still try to come and use me and knock me down. I'm like, no. That's all I say now. I was like, no. You don't have permission to mistreat me. You don't have permission to abuse me. And I don't think I'm better than them. I just know who I am and I know whose I am. And you no longer accept certain things. You don't have to force yourself to make things happen. Follow. Just follow. He already left the footprints. All you got to do is walk. He said, my word is a lamp unto your feet. He is the word. And he walks and he leaves this beautiful imprint on the ground. And all you got to do is follow, follow, follow. And he's leading you. And they usually say Palm Sunday is the entry, right? The entry of his triumphant return. But what happens if you follow him? Who else is walking in triumphant? Who else is entering in triumphant? You are. He's leading us to his kingdom. We, we, these people are not just going to stay there. They, they kind of like follow after. They follow like a wedding, right? The bride goes first and then when everybody, the party goes after her. I'm part of the party. I'm part of the wedding party. I'm a, I'm a bride-to-be. I don't know about you. I'm a bride-to-be. It's okay, guys. You could be a bride-to-be as well. He's the groom. You're the bride. Let's follow. Wherever he goes, we just follow. He's leading us into victory. It's his triumphant return, but it's also ours. He's returning to earth triumphantly, but we're entering eternity triumphantly because of him. And what I was saying earlier, and I'm done. The Jews were expecting this mighty king. And I know he's coming back triumphant, right? But he's also coming back humble. He's coming. He's already coming poor. And you don't know this. So I'm revealing this secret to you. What do you mean? Is this scripture? He's already coming as a widow. He's already coming as a sick person. He's already coming as a prisoner. And that's why we have to do this. The Jews in those times were expecting this king of glory. And then Jesus shows up as this humble, loving carpenter. Oh, we thought he was coming with wrath. You're lucky. He would have wiped you out first. Right? Like, they were lucky. They're like, yeah, smite them. He's like, I'm going to smite somebody. It's you. You know? So they were receiving mercy first. And they didn't even know it. When he was on that cross, he was praying for the ones in front of him first. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Mercy seat. That was the mercy seat right there. We didn't see a throne on earth. We saw a cross. But that same location you'll see in eternity. That's going to be him on his throne asking for pardon for us. But they couldn't recognize him. But the scripture also says 
on that day, many will say, oh, we casted out demons. We did this. We did that. Oh, we did everything for you. And he will say, when I was naked, you didn't clothe me. When I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was in prison, you didn't visit me. When I was sick, you didn't pray for me. What? When did we? When you didn't do it to these little ones, you didn't do it to me. And then reverse of the story. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was uh, in prison, you visited me. When I was sick, you prayed for me. Lord, when did we see you and do these things? When you did it to these little ones? It was me. So you see how he's already coming to us humble? He's already coming to us. You think it's just a homeless person. It might be Jesus in a costume. And you might be missing your point. I'm, I'm not even playing. I met Michael. I met Michael, unless that man was really crazy. And I'm crazy for believing him. It happened to me. But he's already dressing himself as this humble carpenter. And many don't realize, oh, that's the Lord. That's one of his angels. We're being tested. The scripture says many have been, uh, um, what is it? In a, um, huh? It's, uh, I forgot. Many have entertained angels and not have been aware of it. We entertain angels and we don't even know it. So we should be like, hey, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? I'll tell you this testimony. Before I was pastoring here that we were pastoring at LDR over there in Falkenberg, I left the church real quick to get some supplies, and I saw a man, and I heard the Holy Spirit. I'm not, I know it's hard. You know, I, I can't stop for every single person, but listen to the voice of the Spirit. So let's say there's three people over there homeless, right? But we all ignore the voice of God. None of them get fed. But what if God told you to feed that one and told me to feed that one and told her to feed that one? All of a sudden, they all got fed. Not by one person, but by all of us. If we all did the work... We'll defeat hunger. We'll defeat disease. If we all pray for one sick person, watch. I, but how am I going to pray for everybody? You don't have to. If the body arises, not the body part, but the body, then the work will get done. And it will be glorious and it will be beautiful. But the Holy Spirit told me to help that man. So I was like, hey, are you hungry? I went and I got him food. Then when I come back, he's crying. I'm like, are you okay? He says, yeah, I'm okay. He goes, I'm praying for the world. I'm like, wow. He goes, I see the condition, and I'm weeping. And we kept talking. And then he goes, what's your name? I, I told him, Abraham. And he goes, Father Abraham. And I'm like, hey. And then he goes, um, I go, what's your name? He goes, Michael. And I'm like, he goes, yes, Archangel Michael. And I'm like, what? And he goes, I'm sitting here taking notes of humanity and what humanity is doing. I mean, you could take it for what you want. It happened to me. I was real. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I went to church like, oh, my God, I just make my call. <laughs> he told me he's taking notes. <laughs> like, at least I passed. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> why will he tell me that? But what if I didn't stop? I would have missed that moment. You know how many times I help people in the street where there's a word of encouragement? A moment, I'm telling, there was a lady, she had, um, she had cancer in her tongue. I didn't know she had cancer in her tongue. She walked by me, and the Lord says, tell her how much I love her. So I tapped her on the shoulder. I told her how much she loves. And she's like, I couldn't speak, right? So she 
she types on the phone. You know what she typed on her phone? She typed, my sheep hear my voice and they follow. And the voice of a stranger they do not follow. That's what she said to me. I was like, oh, Jesus again. Oh, my God. You know? And it, it's been like, you, it doesn't happen all the time, but it's happened so many times where I'm like ready to faint in the middle of the street because they carry this power. I remember one time in South Carolina, I saw a homeless man. And I re again, I heard the Spirit of God. So the lesson here is listen to the voice of God. What is God calling you to do? I'm not telling you this to go be like, oh, I got to be like Abraham and do this. No. What I'm trying to tell you is just, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? God might lead you to a rich person. God knows who is in need. God might lead you not to a homeless person. God might lead you to a judge or to a doctor. They're all his children playing different roles on earth. It's just supplying that need. I remember I saw a homeless man, and we were by a gas station. There was nothing there, so I offered him gas station food. He's like, no, I don't want a gas station food. I was like, okay, can I pray for you at least? So we prayed. And then he goes, do you mean it? And I was like, what? He goes, do you really mean it that you'll buy me food? And I go, yeah, yeah, I really wanted you to get food. I want you to know that you're special and that you're loved. And he goes, will you buy me Wendy's? And I'm like, I would, but I'm not from here. I'm just driving to Florida. You know, I'm like stopping on a gas break. And he goes, well, there's a Wendy's down the street. And I look all the way down. He's at, I was like, okay, meet me over there. Because he had like one of those big shopping carts with a lot of stuff in it. He runs. He leaves the car. And he runs. Like, I mean, he ran like Forrest. He was uh, running. And we get over there. He's like, he was so happy. And he was blessing the Lord. He's like, hallelujah, yes, yes. I'm like, wow, I've never seen somebody so excited for Wendy's. And it's beautiful. Something that seems so little for us is so powerful for somebody else. It might be $5 for you. You could do nothing with $5. But for them, it's a whole meal. And that's the way I've learned to look at life. So I got him the food. And I saw him so excited. I was like, get him two. I'm, like, I'm getting you two meals. And one for now, one for later. And then um, I gave him the bags. I'm like, I'm giving you this so you will know that you're loved. And he just threw his hands up in the air and he goes, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And I'm like, yo, I ran to the car. Remember Frankie? I was like, oh my God. That man just quoted scripture to me like, oh my God. It was crazy. He was laughing. He was like, ha, 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 ha. And I was just like, oh my God. That's like a laughing angel, you know. And this happened, one time it happened with Ralphie, remember, when we were going to church, a homeless man was in the street, and I didn't have no money, and it was him and somebody else, and they only had a dollar each, we only got a dollar, I was like, so what, let's give it to him, and then the man looks at us, he goes, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow, and the voice of a stranger, they do not follow, Ralphie's like, I just saw Jesus, <laughs> like, and I'm like, this is what happens, <laughs> you know, so we just never know. And don't do it because you're going to get a message from an angel, you know. You might not get one. But do it because they're human and because sometimes so many people walk by them, I people watch. And sometimes I go to places where there's like a homeless person and I, I'll watch. And sometimes it makes me so sad when they're there with that time because some of them are really desperate. And like cars after cars after cars keep walking by them and not even stop. And it, it rocks my heart because you could see the disappointment. Regardless of what they're going to do, 
you know, not all of them are, we need to stop generalizing and being like, oh, everybody's there because they want to. No, some people really go through some really hard trauma and they don't know how to get out of it. And they're broken or they lost their, I met a doctor one time that lost his job and was homeless in the streets. And he was broken. He was like, I lost my job. And I, because their income was high, they have a lot of expenses, right? So when they lost their job, they really go to the streets faster. So you never know what people are going through. And we could just be that hope to just be like, I don't care, you know, what, what, what it is. Like, let me just talk to them. I pull over. I'm just like, can I give you a hug? And they weep. They start crying. They're like, you want to hug me? But I stink. I'm dirty. I was like, look, I stink more and Jesus hugged me. Let me hug you. Let me just sometimes another homeless man told me, hey, even when you don't have money, I would feel bad because I would see him in Riverwalk. And he, he said, even when you don't have money to give me, you could say hi. He goes, it means the world to me when you talk to me. Because people walk by me every day and never say hi to me. At least when you talk to me, I feel human. I'm not invisible. So sometimes it's a simple conversation. Hey, I don't got no money, but can I pray for you? I mean, it's in the Bible. Paul did it. He's like, I money I don't have, but what I have I give to you. Holy Ghost and fire, arise and shine. The Spirit of God is upon you. And declare a word of life. That word of life can change that person's life. God, his word of life changed our life. So now we can go ahead and give words of life so other people's lives can be changed. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.